welcome to Come Follow Me with Bree, episode 111, He Loves You. Hi, I'm so glad you're here. We are going to go kind of through a wide variety of things today. I want to talk to you a little bit about the context and history and and what's in each chapter very briefly, just so you guys can understand what we're reading this week. Then, of course, I want to talk to you about some specific things in those chapters. And then you guys get an extra special treat. I am going to sing to you at the end. (laughs) So let's dive in. Our chapters this week are Jeremiah. We started Jeremiah last week. So if you haven't listened to that one, go listen to that one. That kind of builds up or sets up the story of Jeremiah and who he was. So this week we're continuing with Jeremiah chapters 30 through 33 chapter 36, and then Lamentations chapter 1 and 3. So these chapters in Jeremiah this week are a lot of Jeremiah prophesying about the ultimate destruction of Jerusalem and the ultimate gathering of Israel. He talks about Ephraim having the birthright as the firstborn, which means Ephraim will receive a double portion. It talks about Israel needing to have his law written upon their hearts It gives us an account of prophecies made by Jeremiah while he was imprisoned by King Zedekiah, which is where he was for much of the 11 years between Jerusalem's first conquering and his final conquering, or its final conquering. There's also a beautiful story about him, Jeremiah, arranging the purchase through his scribe Baruch of some land in Jerusalem, which symbolizes Jeremiah's faith that Israel will be restored. Because why would he purchase land when he knows that Jerusalem is going to be destroyed? Because he knows it's going to be redeemed. Keep in mind when you're reading that if Jeremiah is talking about King David, he doesn't actually mean King David. King David is symbolic often of Jesus Christ. So unless you know that the scriptures are specifically talking about the real mortal King David, and it seems more like he's talking symbolically, it's actually talking about Jesus Christ. So Jeremiah prophesies of Jesus Christ and refers to him as King David. In chapter 36, there is an account slash flashback of his scribe Baruch writing down some of the prophecies of Jeremiah about the future of Jerusalem. And it's during the time that wicked King Jehoiakim was reigning and the prophecy eventually makes its way to King Jehoiakim and he very deliberately rips it up and burns it, which really reveals his wickedness and very willful decision to rebel against God and to not believe what he's been told and believe in his own strength ultimately. Then we get to Lamentations, which are basically sad poems written by Jeremiah during the destruction of Jerusalem. Before the final conquering, the Babylonians were attempting to take over the city for about 18 months, so it was a very long, drawn-out, hard, painful time for Jerusalem and all that lived in it. The Come, Follow Me manual has us studying chapters 1 and 3. The first chapter, anytime that there are feminine pronouns used, it's speaking about Jerusalem and in the third chapter, it's speaking as Jerusalem in the first person. So so I and my and all of that is Jerusalem speaking as if it were a person. And both of these chapters lament the tragedy of the destruction of Jerusalem and Judah. But I especially love chapter three. It just ends with so much hope and faith in the redemption of the house of Israel. Okay, so the first portion that I want to talk about today is in Jeremiah chapter 31. 
My favorite part in this chapter reminds me of this famous children's book that I'm sure a lot of you know called I'll Love You Forever. Remember that one? It starts out with a mom rocking her baby as he is little, and then it shows him in different stages of him growing up, and she always sings him this song. I'll love you forever. I'll like you for always. As long as I'm living, my baby you'll be. Now, of course, this analogy of this book and the house of Israel isn't perfect, but I think the sentiment of I'll love you forever is really reflected in this chapter about how the Lord feels about his covenant people. Starting in verse 33, the Lord is talking about the final gathering after the second coming when the time for peace has arrived on the earth and Zion has come. I'm going to review first all of the verses that I want to talk about, and then we'll go back and break them down. Starting in verse 33. But this shall be the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel. After those days, saith the Lord, I will put my law in their inward parts and write it in their hearts, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. And they shall teach no more every man his neighbor and every man his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for they shall all know me. From the least of them unto the greatest of them, saith the Lord, for I will forgive their iniquity and I will remember their sin no more. Thus saith the Lord, which giveth the sun for a light by day and the ordinances, which means like the movements and the established courses and the ordinances of the moon and of the stars for a light by night, which divideth the sea when the waves thereof roar. The Lord of hosts is his name. If those ordinances, meaning the movements of the sun and the moon and the stars, If those ordinances depart from before me, saith the Lord, then the seed of Israel shall also cease from being a nation before me forever. Thus saith the Lord, if heaven above can be measured and the foundations of the earth searched out beneath, I will also cast off all the seed of Israel for all that they have done, saith the Lord. How long will the Lord love Israel? How long will the Lord love you? He says here, as long as the sun and the moon shine, as long as the waves roar, all elements he has control over. When will he stop loving Israel? When will he abandon his devotion? When the eternally expanding heavens can be measured, when the foundations of the earth can be searched. We're going to talk more about that part in just a minute, but I want to go back to the beginning of those verses where it says that I will put my law in their inward parts and write it in their hearts and I will be their God and they shall be my people. We will be his. Hopefully we are his and he shall be ours. The Lord often refers in the scriptures to the church as his bride. Starting in Ephesians chapter 5 verse 25, it says, Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word, that he might present it to himself, a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it shall be holy and without blemish. So ought men love their wives as their own bodies. He that loveth his wife loveth himself. For no man ever yet hated his own flesh, but nourisheth it and cherisheth it, even as the Lord the church. For we are members of his body and of his flesh and of his bones. The Lord takes us on as part of his body, as part of himself. And he loves us so much that he gave himself for us as part of his body. For no man ever yet hated his own flesh, but nourisheth it and cherisheth it, even as the Lord, the church. 
for we are members of his body and of his flesh and of his bones. Let's go back to those beautiful metaphors demonstrating how much the Lord loves us. I especially love thinking about his love being compared to the impossibility of heaven above being measured. David Kasselvecki said on Nature.com, American astronomer Edwin Hubble, who the Hubble telescope was named after, and others discovered in the 1920s that the universe is expanding by showing that most galaxies are receding from the Milky Way, and the faster away they are, the faster they are receding. So, in short, the universe is in a constant state of expansion, which really makes sense when you combine it with the gospel because we are promised that we will eventually become joint heirs with Christ, with the ability to create like he does, that we will have posterity without number and room to create, and that room never runs out because everything is constantly expanding. And that's just me thinking about things in my very rudimentary and incomplete way. I am a thousand percent positive that there is so much more to it. But I love thinking about science and how science doesn't disprove God. Science proves God. Science works as God's toolbox. That is how he does things. But back to how much he loves you. Think about that. The scripture says that he will stop loving you when the heavens can be measured. That's literally impossible. Not just for us, but for him, because the expansion is in constant motion. It never stands still. In Moses chapter 1, 39, it says, For behold, this is my work and my glory, to bring to pass the immortality and eternal life of man. In John chapter 3, verse 16, it says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. God's purpose is his love for you. The moon hangs in the sky, the stars give their light, the sun shines, earth turns, wind blows, rain gives, the air gives life, animals grow, flowers bloom, trials come, prophets are sent, scriptures revealed, families created, your body received the breath of life, and ultimately a savior was sent because he loves you and because his object is to bring to pass your immortality and eternal life. In Lamentations chapter 3, it starts out with Jerusalem in the first person, mourning everything that has happened to her. But then she recognizes that despite all of this refining that has happened, all of this breaking down and destruction, there is still redemption and hope. And that's what I want to end on. I'm going to skip around a little bit in Lamentations chapter 3, but I want you to think about all that has been broken down in you all the refiner's fires that you have been through or are going through, and how you, just like Jerusalem, will be redeemed. You are worth investing in, just like the metaphor that Jeremiah introduced in these chapters by buying property in Jerusalem. Jerusalem will be redeemed. It is worth investing in. Israel will be redeemed, and there's hope. The same goes for you as long as you choose him, you have an absolute assurance that redemption and safety and exaltation await you. Starting in verse 22. It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed, 
because his compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, saith my soul. Therefore will I hope in him. The Lord is good unto them that wait for him, to the soul that seeketh him. It is good that a man should have both hope and quietly wait for the salvation of the Lord. He putteth his mouth in the dust, if it so be that there may be hope. For the Lord will not cast off forever. Let us search and try our ways and turn again to the Lord. Let us lift up our heart with our hands unto God in the heavens. Mine enemies chased me sore like a bird without cause. I called upon thy name, O Lord, out of the low dungeon. Thou hast heard my voice. Hide not thine ear at my breathing, at my cry. Thou drewest near in the day that I called upon thee. Thou saidest, Fear not. O Lord, thou hast pleaded the causes of my soul. Thou hast redeemed my life. How long will the Lord love Israel? How long will the Lord love you? As long as the sun and the moon shine? As long as the waves roar? When will he stop loving you? Stop loving Israel? When will he abandon that devotion? When the eternally expanding heavens can be measured. And when the foundations of the earth can be searched. Whenever I hear a song of a bird, or look at the blue, blue sky, whenever I feel the rain on my face, or the wind as it rushes by, whenever I touch a velvet rose, or walk by a lilac tree. I'm glad that I live in this beautiful world Heavenly Father created for me. He gave me my eyes that I might see the color of butterfly wings. He gave me my ears that I might hear the magical sounds of things. He gave me my life, my mind, my heart. I thank Him reverently for all the creations of which I'm a part. Yes, I know Heavenly Father loves me. 